to Left on Red, the Daily Mountain Eagles political history podcast. I'm Jennifer Coron. And I'm Drew Gilbert. And our guest this week is Miss Marsha Atkins. Um, yes. Did you ever have Miss Atkins in I college? I didn't. No, I went straight to UNA, and so I missed the Marsha Atkins experience. Uh-huh. See, I Bevel. went to UAB, yeah. but you were able to do, what was it, dual enrollment or whatever. Uh-huh. So as a senior, I took public speaking with her. Um, so that's that's the first time uh, that I got to know her and uh Great. I wish I'd had American literature with her, which is also what mm-hmm. she taught. Um, I wish she I had taught me teach. something. Yeah, mm-hmm. I probably would have added her to the mm-hmm. uh, favorite teachers list, mm-hmm. which I can reel that off for you real quick, mm-hmm. but I don't want to offend those that aren't on mm-hmm. it. Um, but yes, so a lot of uh, you listeners will probably know Miss Atkins through that. And those of you who don't uh, know her through her work at the college uh, may recognize that she is the mother of former Superintendent Jason Atkins. Mm-hmm. Um, which we talk about that. It comes up. It comes up a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, actually, I don't care to throw this out there. Jason was on our potential guest list. and uh, I, You know, and I, for me, I haven't ruled Jason out because mm-hmm. we're, we're telling a story with undertones of the changing political landscape. And Jason was elected as a Democrat and switched parties to Republican and was elected mm-hmm. as a Republican. And so he certainly has mm-hmm. a piece of that story. Mm-hmm. But he's not on this season, at least, because when we were talking about it, I said, you know who I'd really probably like to talk to yeah. more than Jason yeah. is Miss Atkins. <laughs> and so we bumped Jason. Uh, he may be coming down the road, but uh, but we got Miss Atkins first and we're happy to do so. And, and she, uh, she came in and, and I think had a good time. Mm-hmm. with us she was a good interview and i hope you guys enjoy it she's my favorite uh, she's my favorite kind of lady because as she says you reach a certain age and there's just nothing to hold you back anymore you get to just say actually what you think <laughs> and uh so she did that with us and uh and we certainly appreciate her insights her stories and and uh just in general her being with us so here's that interview with miss atkins we are excited to welcome to the podcast Miss Marsha Atkins. We are members of the Marsha Atkins fan club. We are. I think that's, <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. I'm very flattered. <laughs> uh, so for you unfortunate souls who may not be familiar with that name, I think a lot of people would know you from Bevel. Um, you taught, it was speech and American literature. Am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. But I started at Walker College, that, you know. I was Walker College, UAB Walker College, and then Bevel. So I spent oh, 30 years gone. there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, over 30 years. So you dealt with a lot of students then. Um, and Jason Atkins is fortunate enough to call you mother. So for <laughs> we'll get that out of the way up front with people who, people who recognize that last name. And Stephanie. And Stephanie, if I had to, if well. I had to rank my favorite members of your family, you would get well, number one, and then I'd put Stephanie mm-hmm. right behind you, and then Jason third. Mm-hmm. Most people would. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's, I'm just I don't kidding. think that's uncharacteristic. <laughs> <laughs> and if you start throwing uh, in the grandkids, I think he's. Yeah, we keep further. pushing him back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's get Miss Adkins. Uh, we'll call it the political origin story. So tell us. At what age or what circumstance, at what point you really became engaged in the political scene? You've never been a candidate, right? Never been a candidate, never even been like party, like secretary or anything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so Mm -hmm. not active in Mm -hmm. that sense. No, no, no. So give it, so lay the groundwork for at what point you became just concerned, active. Well, I, I think that in teaching, you know, it began to come out, <laughs> as you may remember mm-hmm. a little bit, that I, I was very opinionated. <laughs> and, and as I got older, I kept, I felt freer to 
express my opinions. And I became aware of how different my opinions were mm -hmm. than the people around me. And, and that kept me silent for a while. But um, not silent, but mm -hmm. careful. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and I do remember, you know, catching some flack even back then from uh, people in the community. Mm -hmm. But uh, it would come back to me. So I knew there's a price to pay for going against what people believe. But um, in, in, uh, at the time, my husband at the time was the head of the Walker County Democratic mm -hmm. Party. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so we went to meetings and that sort of thing, and I met people, and, you know, they're pretty impressive people, and, and, uh, but I was not engaged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't even have called myself a Democrat. I wouldn't have even said that I had a party affiliation. Mm -hmm. George W. Bush changed that. Uh, many things. Yes, and and and, uh, and I began to see this great divide, and I began to to, and I was just so avidly, let's not go into Iraq. This mm -hmm. is not winnable. Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. I've lived through it. It it is not winnable, and the price that we'll pay for this will be far greater than any return we'll get from it. Um, and, you know, it, it's going to go on forever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, so I got angry. And, and, and then I began to read more and I began to speak out more. For one thing, it, it came with my age. As I got older, I cared less what people thought of me. I, I, I became more my own person, I think. And, and uh, and then life changes happened, which made me have to be more independent. And and uh, um, and and as I got, I used to think I used to care with it very much whether people liked me. Mm -hmm. I was a pleaser, mm -hmm. not necessarily at home, but mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. out, and and I lost that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's pause for a second for, for people who don't know, and let's talk about Frank. One, just to tell Frank's story, and two, to help people understand why going into Iraq was not just a an anything it was very personal because you said you had seen this before so mm -hmm. let's talk about Frank for a second and and what role that played well I, I married very young um, I married when I was barely 17 and so that my senior year in high school I was married and the reason that we married I had been uh, you know you hate to say a 13 year old was in love but I had been in love with Frank since mm -hmm. I was 13 mm -hmm. and so my parents signed. They let us get married, and uh, and we um, we did. And so anyway, he was in Vietnam that year, and then I met him in Hawaii for R and R, uh, and he was killed three weeks later. And when mm. I got home, and he and was how old at the time? He was nineteen. He was nineteen. Uh huh. Uh, the average age. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so then a couple of weeks later, I realized I was pregnant. So. So that was pretty traumatic, mm -hmm. and I knew other women who had, you know, ha husbands who'd gone to Vietnam, and and but then I was very, you know, uh, supportive mm -hmm. of the the war because what else would I be? Right. And um, but then a after it was a struggle not to be bitter. Do, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I was busy raising a child. I was scared to death. I was busy raising a child, and and I, I just got on with life, basically. But later on, I began to read about the history of Vietnam. I began to read. I began to read about 
um, the reasons why we went there, and 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 it was hard not to get bitter. And and then I saw it play out. I'll never forget watching the helicopters take off and leave American supporters on those rooftops. Mm-hmm. I'll never mm-hmm. forget that. And and I know what happened after. You know, I know that we didn't win anything, mm-hmm. no, no progress. There was nothing to justify that war mm-hmm. for America. And so um, I realized the price, I think. And I also realized the cost, both both in terms of loss of life, but also in terms of money. And I realized who made money from it. Mm-hmm. And I saw it happening again. Mm-hmm. It, You know. If there had been no oil there, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have been there. <laughs> and and so, uh, you know, uh, so that was, that to me was just like I lost all faith in, in because, you know, there was no reason for us to go there. Mm-hmm. That, that That's not where the problem even came from. And I to mean, be clear, this isn't even a Republican-Democratic issue because so oh, it, many it, Democrats voted for that war. Yeah. Absolutely. War is just a part of our story. <coughs> it's not even a partisan issue. Well, and the it's war spanned just, multiple presidents from mm-hmm. multiple parties, too. So, yeah, this absolutely. one wasn't a party line no, no, thing no, at all. No, 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 no. And, and it has to do with uh, a lot of things. I think for one thing, war's popular. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it, it's supposed to be something that unifies us, mm-hmm. and and also we've been injured, terribly injured on 9/11, mm-hmm. and people wanted to fight back. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we fought back at the wrong place mm-hmm. with the wrong people, mm-hmm. and uh, it gained it gained nothing. In fact, I, I think it it probably uh, caused more problems than it and it helped. But I'm not a political expert. Now, I don't know. I, I just know how I felt about it. And I know that I'm screaming here, don't mm-hmm. do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is not winnable. And so that's when I really, I think, got mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and, and a clear point for me, you, you mentioned George W. Bush kind of being the the equalizer for you there. You know, we, we've talked about it a few times in this room. Walker County, about 48% voted for Al Gore. Uh, so it wasn't like there there was he had overwhelming support here. I think he gained it over the years where he may have been losing someone like yeah. you, but he he didn't have just a resounding victory no, here no, in he Walker didn't. County the first but, time around. Well, that's when the tide began to change. It is, and mm-hmm. and, uh, and and with the election of Guy Hunt in Montgomery, mm-hmm. that was a big break with the Democratic Party because there was infighting, and yes. then it brought us Guy Hunt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, God yeah. help us, and so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and so, you know, it was just it, the the shift. Though I never imagined that we that I would live in such a one party state, mm-hmm. because for most of the time that we were talking about, I mean, before George W. Bush, this county did vote Democratic. You were living in a, in a Democratic. You mentioned, I mean, y'all going to Democratic meetings. Mm-hmm. Y'all weren't the outliers. I mean, they were the dominant Walker County party. Yes, local time. politics and it even state politics since was strongly Democratic. Really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things changing. Mm-hmm. Um, this may be our segue to, um, so the thing that you did for AL.com, and as I remember, that was around the time of the abortion 
um, the abortion bill right, and they asked, was it like a hundred ladies or something all over the state? They got. I, I think they just pretty much kind of open invitation, it, wasn't it? Open <laughs> invitation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they did yeah. a, a lot of women. They just ran short little vignettes mm-hmm. that each of you guys submitted. So tell us a little bit about what you wrote for AL.com. And I quite frankly don't remember exactly, <laughs> <laughs> but I do remember saying that I was terribly disappointed in mm-hmm. in my state, and that it, I believe that women had are perfectly capable of making their own moral decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's another thing that I feel very strongly about. I'm not for abortion. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody who is for mm-hmm. abortion. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think it is a moral choice. Mm-hmm. And we in no way govern men's moral choices right. the way we do women's. Well, and I think uh, one of the things that was highlighted in national media was all the voters for that bill. Uh, what almost all of them were men. I think there were one or two women. Yes. I think that was a big push nationally. Was whether you're for or against, it was like maybe women should be making the decision. Yes, and I think women should make all the decisions about their bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, I, I think that your insurance should pay for birth control. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that if you should be able to go to Planned Parenthood, get whatever advice you need, get your birth control, get your mammogram get your pap smear and it's nobody's business mm-hmm. nobody's business and i and i'm i mean that for a long time was my major issue that mm-hmm. i voted on mm-hmm. and and again it's not that i'm for abortion sometimes there's no good choice and sometimes the only person who can make the right choice for you is you right and i've never had to face that but i know people who have mm-hmm. um I, I know that in those cases those women made the choice best for them, best for their families, and they've never regretted it. Mm-hmm. Now, they try to sell us this thing, that this is, a, this is an issue, you're, you're going to regret this the rest of your life, and, and all that sort of thing. That's not true. Studies show that women who put children up for abortion have far more regret mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. far more anxiety and far more guilt than women who have terminated a pregnancy because... There you have this child out there, and you don't know what's happened to it. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 I, I'm all for adoption. I think mm-hmm. that's great. And if that and in, but I just think that we need to be truthful about what abortion means to women. And what we've done is we've made it impossible for poor women to get abortions. Mm-hmm. Rich women are always going to be able to get abortions. They're going to go to New York. Mm-hmm. They're going to go to another state where it's legal. We, Yes, and and it's legal here, you know, because mm-hmm. that 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 thing was just a big show, and and but but we have a national, you know, made a national decision on that, but they've just made it so difficult. I think there's maybe only what one or two places in the state. Mm-hmm. I think there's not very many mm-hmm. anymore. No, there's not, and in Mississippi's the same way, in Texas, and in all of these states who have grandstanded over this issue, and I, quite frankly. Most of those men who voted for that could give a bigger rip. It, it, is, it is the popular issue. Mm-hmm. It is the issue to, to pander to the religious right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that and gay rights, that, those are the things, or, you know, uh, rights of anybody it's who's different. Yes, issues, right? yes, yes. And uh, so, so I very strongly feel in separation <laughs> of church and state. And I think that we're all, those are moral issues, mm-hmm. and we can make those moral issues. Uh, we can make those decisions ourselves, and should be allowed to. Um, 
and I gotta get on my soapbox about <laughs> <laughs> because, because it makes me so mad because of the hypocrisy in mm-hmm. the whole thing. Well, and so this, um, when I was in college, I always say I was, I took a women's studies class. And so the uh, instructor was, um, was pro-choice, obviously, very active, very feminist. There was an older uh, African-American lady in the class who was obviously very much pro-life. And so when this issue came up, because you just really got to have discussions. It was one of my favorite classes. But I always remember her saying to the lady, you know, this is my position, and I'm, I'm really not probably going to, um, you know, move off of it very much. That's your position, and you're really not going to move off of that very much. But there's a very big, wide area in the middle where we're talking about what to do about unplanned pregnancies, what to do about once, you know, the children get here, uh, you know, and, and as you said, assuming they go up for adoption or the women choose to keep them or whatever, what kind of resources. So, yes, there's a battle to be fought over, um, you know, the right to an abortion, you know, and we can have different sides on that. But you don't talk about a lot of that stuff in the middle. And, you know, so once the child gets here, and like I said, let's assume that the woman chooses to keep her baby, um, you you shouldn't just pat her on the back and say, go you, you know, and just hang her out to dry. I mean, she needs resources, like you said, especially poor women. She needs, she's going to need diapers. She's going to need things. And so that's the point where you should really put your money where your mouth is and support things like, um, you know, whether it's through uh, social services or even like the Pregnancy Test Resource Center. I mean, there are places to support if this is something you feel strongly about. You shouldn't let it end at the pro-life, pro-choice battle. There's a lot to be done in the middle. If you're really pro-life, you care about children. Mm-hmm. You don't just care about fetuses. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think that, that that's where the hypocrisy comes in. Let, let, let's let's cut those food stamps. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's do away with that free breakfast. Mm-hmm. Let, let's uh, 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 cut the welfare check. On, let it only last so long. And, and, uh, and, and you know, it, 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 is, it is just a sad fact that it's just an emotional hot-button issue, but nobody cares what happens to these women. Well, not nobody. I Mm -hmm. care. You care. But uh, what happens to these women after these babies come? And then we criticize them because their kids are dirty or Mm -hmm. they are not taking care of their kids like they should or they're not working. How do you go to work if you have a toddler and Mm -hmm. you can't afford child care Mm -hmm. and you have no family support? Yeah, those are the issues that come after you, you deal with that. And if you're not willing to support that woman and help that woman, that you deny the right to an abortion, then you're not pro-life. You're not so, pro-life, and you're not Christian. <laughs> how do you, is it just through the voting box? I mean, you still aren't active in party politics or anything like that, are you really? I mean, it's just through... I don't go to meetings. Right. uh, And I I fully intend to, but I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) And and I admire Tim Bowen. Mm -hmm. I admire him for for the the pretty much a a slight beginning of a resurrection here. And I do intend to get more involved. Uh, But um, it's... um, I would say at this point, and only in the last few years, that I am a yellow dog Democrat, <laughs> <laughs> and and it's it because it's it's been made impossible for me to support Republicans, 
even at the state level. I have friends down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm telling you, you don't waste my money voting on bills that are never going to stand up to scrutiny, that are just a big display of I'm a God-fearing Republican. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm tired of that. And, I, and, and there are people that I thought could go down there and stand up and be more moderate who, who can't. Because if you don't support that abortion bill, you're going to be blackballed. Mm-hmm. You're, go- you're not going to be able to get anything else done. And that's, that's why I'm so bitterly disappointed in my state, mm-hmm. is because there's no room for a dissenting voice mm-hmm. from that far, far right position. Well, and that, that's the beauty of democracy that I think nationwide we're missing right now. I think mm-hmm. what's made us great for so many years is there were two sides that were debating. We come from different places. Exactly. We have different opinions. And as long as they're real, genuine opinions, you really feel that way, you've researched it, and that's your feeling, that's great. That's the freedom here that we all love. We're losing that all of a sudden. We're supposed to debate these things, not just set up camp on one side or the other and throw rocks at each other, because that's kind of where we are now. And, and, you know, social media has not. I mean, honestly, I think that's that's a huge part of this great divide. It is. Because we feel very free to throw rocks. Well, and it's a megaphone for it, too. It's it's an avenue that we didn't have previously to state our opinions so knee-jerkedly. You know, we do it so fast. And be so brutal about our opinions. This very week we were... um, we were just talking about being, you know, the Ellen and George W. Bush. We were, yeah. We saw that. Yeah. But that's yes. a perfect example of, I mean, they seem to be two individuals who come from very different places, backgrounds, that kind of a thing. But we're to the point that people think they can't even share, like, a luxury suite at yeah. a Dallas game. Like, that Ellen is in some way, you know, not standing up for her community or, you know, that George W. Bush similarly shouldn't want to be seen by Ellen it's not even a political thing. It's just that they should be enemies, and both of them are refusing to play that game. They're just saying, uh-huh. we were at a football game. Like, we chatted. Exactly. We watched football. I mean, you know, it just, it should be that simple. It, it should, should be. be that simple. I mean, Absolutely. And and uh, quite frankly, I, I, I have friends who don't agree with my politics. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have many friends I started around to say, here if I didn't. You couldn't. <laughs> But I also have some of those friends who have moved away from that extremist thing simply because they see the meanness in it. Mm-hmm. And um, but yes, you know, and uh, and while I totally disagreed with George W. Bush and didn't really like him as a person for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks good to me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Draft George. <laughs> um, and, and I always thought that he had a wife who tempered mm-hmm. some of that, mm-hmm. as did George Bush Sr. Mm-hmm. I loved her. But, uh, uh, but it, um, it, it, is, it is, yes, that gap is far, far, far too wide. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be that wide. And I can be friends, but you know, fr- Facebook makes it harder to be friends with people. Hey, I've don't sol- agree with. I solved that problem for myself. I've mentioned a few times on here. I got off of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I can't. I I'm, ran. I, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm, they're not running me off. Uh, but uh, it, yes, and so there are people that have unfriended me, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. And there are people I have unfollowed. 
uh-huh. because I just can't see it on a daily mm-hmm. basis. And I don't get on there as often as I did. Well, I'm one reading of the, mower. One, <laughs> of the themes, one of the themes we've heard in this room, so we've done uh, six interviews or so, mm-hmm, five, six interviews like at this point. So we had um, a sitting U.S. senator who is a Democrat mm-hmm. in this room. We talked to him. And then I had the state's Senate majority leader who's a Republican mm-hmm. sitting in this room. And something I heard from both of them was that the best legislation – happens in the middle. Mm-hmm. The best sure. legislation happens when inside that room, a lot of the people in the room think it's not conservative enough, and a lot of people in the room think it's not liberal mm-hmm. enough, and it's where they're making substance. I'm hearing that from two of our elected leaders mm-hmm. right now, but you don't see that in the news it. cycle. You don't see that on Facebook, and man, I long for that. I long for that to be the narrative of our that country, too. is that, that sometimes you're not going to love what just happened, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we truly work together to make America a little bit better, you or make the, Alabama a little bit better, or Walker a County bit. a little bit better. Well, that's, that's the way it's supposed after, right? to work. That's the mm-hmm. way it's supposed to work. There's supposed to be compromise. There's supposed to be mediation. There's supposed to be hashing things mm-hmm. out. And now it seems like we're just kind of screaming at each other from far over the, the, the chasm, the gap in the middle mm-hmm. and that's growing wider and wider. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that, I think, too, is the fact that our interests are so different. I mean, the gap between the rich and the poor gets bigger it and does. bigger mm-hmm. and bigger. That's very destructive. Mm-hmm. That's very destructive. And, and, and rich people are making far more of our political decisions than they should make because they've bought it and paid for it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's our fault to a degree because yeah, there's is. a check to all this, and it's it's a ballot box. And Absolutely. I even mentioned this. I think when Senator Reed was in here, mm-hmm. I feel like we don't do our jobs enough because we have a hire and fire switch every couple of years when we go to a ballot I box. Agree. And man, we just reelect people. That's mm-hmm. what we love to do. We love to just go send you in, and rather than breaking down, you know, what have you done for us for for the masses. We just kind of check the name that we're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Now, I have been to meetings, in generally teachers, mm-hmm. uh, education things, where I'm, you know, I'm screaming there, vote your pocketbook, vote mm-hmm. your interest, mm-hmm. uh, because teachers, there are a lot of us, mm-hmm. you know, retired teachers, teachers, and especially in Walker County, I mean, it's one of the biggest, you know, in, in professions, I mean, in more employees, mm-hmm. and, and uh, but we don't vote. Mm-hmm. We don't vote about what's good for education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we don't do that. It takes up. Uh, there's been at least one election that they swung. We, we've talked about it. There uh-huh. was at least one election that happened in this county that um, I think the teachers take full responsibility. Can, for, they do, yeah. for can they I talk? Did. Can I talk a little more on that one? <laughs> sure. So my wife's a teacher. Uh, my wife is not uh, just super politically engaged. We we talk as much as she's willing to, and sometimes right. she just tells me to shut up because <laughs> I'll gotcha. talk about it all day. <laughs> so we go, um, we we lean on each other a lot when we go into the ballot box, and um, obviously it's something I'm more passionate about. So she relies on me a lot. Um, she goes into a ballot box, and we're voting for our house district member. Uh, I was voting for a guy who I saw after the tornadoes in 2011 come to Cordova, literally roll his sleeves up, have a chainsaw in his hand, and he was working for us. Exactly. I didn't know much more about him, but I saw him in my, you know, I saw him exactly. in my city on my street. Yes, she I think a vo- lot of people felt that way. She was voting for the other guy, and she was voting for the other guy because she had been told that uh, the one that came to Cordova with a chainsaw in his hand had voted against the teachers' raises, and they needed to vote for the other guy. <laughs> and I literally watched them swing this election. Teachers did it. Uh, teachers single-handedly swung the election. 
so it worked that day. I don't know if it was better or worse. I don't know. You know, no. I, I won't pontificate over here on where we landed, but it was as a political nerd, it was fun for me to watch how powerful right. that that unified front was. And but that's the one time I can and think in recent history where it's happened, and it in that that teachers. But, you know, things were bad for teachers, and you yeah. you, you hurt the pocketbook enough, yeah. and, and, and so they, they finally did. But, but it still wasn't the, the force it should have been, and mm-hmm. it hasn't been since. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you look at the state of education in Alabama, and you look at the pay in Alabama, mm-hmm. and you look at the benefits in Alabama. Um, you look at the the money that our school systems get, and they have to sell cookies to to yeah. support their schools, <laughs> and we have to send you know paper towels and toilet tissue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it yes. Well, yes. and 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 I'll speak uh, firsthand here. You know, we we always we hear the narrative of teachers buying things for their classroom and buying supplies. Mm-hmm. That's a very real thing. Yes, I, it is. I, I don't know that we've ever quantified it, and probably we don't because I don't want to see that you number that leaves my household mm-hmm. for my wife to provide for her classroom. Mm-hmm. That's no, a you don't very real know. thing, and it's embarrassing to me as a state that that's where we are. And I don't think it's Ashley's case, but uh, most of the teachers that I know have some other job, some secondary job. Yeah, I'm teaching. I a mean, lot of them as, do. As much as they yeah. dedicate themselves to the classroom, they have to have what they call, you know, the side hustle. A lot of them do that, yeah. To you know, just yeah. to make and, things. And Ashley and I have been fortunate enough; she hasn't had to do that right. yet. Um, but that yeah. is the case. But for, that's a very real thing for many teachers too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. my daughter right now, she 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 teach, she taught summer school this summer. Mm-hmm. You know, she needed the money. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's got a child about to go to college. She uh she does after school mm-hmm. homebound teaching and mm-hmm. things like that to 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 supplement her income. Um, she could be making more money mm-hmm. if she were doing clinical speech and language mm-hmm. pathology, but she loves what she does, mm-hmm. and so uh, so she does the little things she can to to maybe supplement it a little bit, have money for a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those sorts of things. So, uh, and she's lucky. I mean, she's not hurting. I'm not saying right, that. Right. But, but at the same time, you know, she'd much rather go home in the afternoon than stay mm-hmm. in school till five thirty and you mm-hmm. know teach the kid who has to come in with problems to be <laughs> to be taught you know so let's uh let's go back to the firstborn just for a second we've already mentioned the social media and i told you i was very interested in talking to you about um so the last the last campaign that he was in and you're someone that can speak to so we talk about social media and we talk about uh, you know just how nasty it is and things like that but mm-hmm. i mean Honestly, I want to get your take on what it's like to be the mother of someone. And he's a grown boy. I mean, he's not sitting there crying in the corner because people are saying new no, things about not at him. All. <laughs> but you're seeing these things, you know, scroll through social media and that kind of a thing. And I just think about in this environment that we live in, what must it be like to be the loved one of some of these candidates that you know, you're just seeing all these things come out. And, I mean, some of them are just complete fabrications, and, and some of them are just downright mean. And you just have to sit there as someone who loves this individual very much. I mean, I just was curious how you – do you just cut off social media? Do you choose to engage with some of these people? How do you get through that environment? Um, <clears throat> Prayer? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and uh, um, uh, And – trying to understand that uh that much of that is um stirred up mm-hmm. by people with with an ad- agenda who mm-hmm. 
um, there, but here's the thing about it to me. If you're going to say it, own it. Now, what got me the most was all that anonymous crap on there where they felt free to say anything, make up anything. Now, my son is combative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've met him. I don't, I don't think either one of us on this side of the table would disagree with that. But, but I will say this. If he says it, he's going to own it, mm-hmm. and he's not going to talk about it. You know, I mean, he, he's... He's going to say what he thinks, and mm-hmm. he's, you know, I kept saying tact, a little tact. Mm-hmm. Well, it, mm-hmm. you know, that's not him and, and at times. But I, I will say this, that so much of what was said there was completely false, completely uh, manufactured. I mean, y- y- I don't know if you know the full extent of it, but they were sending letters to schools, mm-hmm. making up stuff. Mm-hmm. E- even got my daughter, even got, mm-hmm. you know, brought up all kinds of things that Jason had, you know, that th- th- there was no there was no connection. Uh, and not that there's not plenty to bring up, but I'll, I know some of the people that are behind this, and I, I know they have some stuff that, you know, you can right. bring up too. But, but the thing is, it was personal. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about the mm-hmm. job he'd done as mm-hmm. a superintendent. It wasn't about uh, uh, the state of the schools because they were in darn good shape now, just quite frankly. And so um, it, it, it was very hurtful. And um, I came back a few times. I, mm-hmm. I, I tried to not even read mm-hmm. it. I tried mm-hmm. not, not to see it. But there were times when I, I just, you know, I, 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 but I enough never, I never said I tried not to say anything that wasn't true that I couldn't defend that um that I was going to regret in the morning Mm -hmm. after I'd said Mm -hmm. it you know uh and that was going to reflect badly on Jason but let let me tell you one thing that happened somebody that's been a friend of our family forever on Facebook I posted something about Nothing about Jason, mm-hmm. but it was it was something about an issue where I took the pretty much liberal side. You know, mm-hmm. I posted it, right? And and this guy posted uh, commented on my on my uh, post that uh, I hope Jason can survive you with your liberal democratic oh, dear. Uh, ways. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, uh, you know, I saw red. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just That's when like, you shut the device off. Yeah, well, I, no, no, I didn't. Uh-huh. I didn't. I, I, but, but I thought about it first, and I said, I raised my son to think for himself. Mm-hmm. We don't have to agree on all issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't see that he's not me and I'm not him and we don't share a brain, mm-hmm. then you're really stupid. <laughs> you're not looking or something of that effect. I don't remember. <laughs> Uh, and and I'm and I wanted to say, do you do you want to be your your child to be judged by everything you've done? Right. I, I hope not, but I didn't go into the, that. But but it was very hard for me. Uh, it was very hurtful. Uh, it was very. Uh, uh, it made me mad for my grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It made me mad for Kelly, for his wife. It made me yeah. mad for my daughter in the school system. It, it made it made me very angry uh, and very sad. Very sad. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, the point I wanted to make. I think a lot of times people just don't think. We just get so used to just our words. We think they don't mean anything. But oh, they're very somebody's real. mama's going to read yeah. that. Somebody's, like you said, somebody's child is going to read that. I mean, Absolutely. And so, I mean, there's, there's 
as you said, true criticism that can be made in a political fight and things are always, you know, going to be tough and nasty and that kind of thing. But there are certain things that you should really just think before you put this out in the world because the person you're attacking is not the only person that's going to read this. No, and no. some people are going to take that to heart. Now, you obviously <laughs> had enough strength to come back, but some people, that would really bother them. Some well, of it things. bothered me. It bothered me. and But... but um, it, but I avoided most mm-hmm. of it. But, you know, sometimes it gets thrown in your face and you just can't it's avoid tough. it. And mm-hmm. it's tough. It's really tough. Um, I mean, the letters that were sent out, the, um, you know, and, 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 and there's a, the point at which, you know, you don't know who wrote. It's all anonymous. Mm, and so course. you don't know who actually put pen to paper or to, you know, fingers to keyboard and, and sent that stuff out. Um, but, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. Yeah. And I've had those people walk up to me, even dur- during that campaign, and 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 people that I, I you know, liked and thought were friends, that I, I knew, not, not just thought, knew, mm-hmm. did something really despicable. Mm-hmm. And for the first time in my life, I turned my back and walked away. Mm-hmm. I mean, this poem was coming at me to hug me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, mm-hmm. no. You you should own what you did and don't pretend to be my friend mm-hmm. because I'm not doing it anymore. Don't hide mm-hmm. behind it. Mm-mm, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. Well, so. we'll uh, we'll wrap up. I think on my favorite talking point. Um, I'm so kind of terrified about yeah. what's coming. I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. So, <laughs> um, so there are a lot more uh, women candidates and women serving in different levels mm-hmm. levels than there were. Right. Um, I think next year is a uh, hundred years since we got the right to vote. Which we went to actually it was the George W. Bush Museum. They had a special a special exhibit thing going on, and so you get a card, kind of like you do with the Titanic thing. You get one of you get a card, and it tells yeah. you like who you are in history. And so there's a box, and so you put the box in at the election in which you could vote. And I happened to get, you know, a female. So Zach, I forget what he was, maybe a landowning something. He could vote way back here at like this first or second little ballot box. I had to go halfway down the room before I could put my little card in. Yeah, It's shocking, and most people don't realize that. uh, That that grated on the nerves a little bit. But really, there are a lot of women candidates, but they are not all created equally. No. And um, as I've told you, I, there are several guys in my life. I would consider them, you know, very progressive guys. I mean, politically engaged guys who, you know, had strong feelings about Hillary Clinton, for example, and they kind of felt some progressive guilt because they can't, they can't support Hillary Clinton. Um, and so I just wanted to get your take on women in politics, that women – as crazy as it has to actually be said, all women don't vote the same. They don't think the same. A woman isn't a good politician just because she's a woman. Mm-mm. I mean, this is just a whole area that people just seem to get wrong, in my opinion. I agree with you 100%. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean you're going to vote for women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just because you're a man shouldn't mean that you're just going to vote for men. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I don't understand why people think that. I, you know, I, I have a lot of women friends, and I can assure you most of them, we don't think alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't vote alike sometimes. And, and, uh, but the idea that I would vote for somebody 
simply because that person is a woman is insulting to my intelligence. <laughs> See, this is that, my that, in, that insults my intelligence. I'm making my decision in a rational way. To think that I vote with my hormones mm -hmm. is absolutely insulting. And so, uh, no, I, you know, I love the idea of having a woman president, and I had hoped we would. Uh, I really had hoped we would, and I've hoped it ever since. But, <laughs> but, but the, the thing about it is I understand that not everybody could support that candidate in the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think uh, uh, there's, there's nothing wrong with not liking a, a candidate, not wanting to vote for a candidate because that, that person – is a woman or black or Muslim or, you know, it, th those things are not what we vote for. We vote on what that person is going to do for our country and what that person is going to do to make this a better place. And, uh, and that's what I always look at, always have, always have. Um, but gender doesn't matter in terms of, now, you know, your attitudes about gender, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Your, your feelings about inclusiveness for all people, because that's, my, that's the biggest thing to me, is everybody should be given an equal chance. Now, we're not all created equal, mm -hmm. not by any means, but we should, as much as possible, give everybody an equal chance. And if you think we're all created equal, you try growing up in this, being born in the slums of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. See how far you can pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't get far. Mm -hmm. Or in inner city Birmingham in one of those housing projects where most of the people there who have money are selling drugs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it, we, 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 we live what we've learned, and, and what we learn is not the same. Uh, privilege is a thing. Privilege is a huge thing, mm -hmm. and so uh, there, there are there are female politicians who operate off privilege, just there are mm -hmm. like there are men, and so no, I, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. No, 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 and and it's foolish to think that we would. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I you know I suppose I might feel a real twinge of guilt if I had to you know make a choice where the, all things were equal mm -hmm. and I, and there was just that, that that male had the edge, but I think I would still go. I vote on issues. Right. I vote on issues, and they are hot button issues to me. That it doesn't matter what who you are, what you are. If you support those, then then I'm for you. Uh, but it's never occurred to me that people thought because you're a woman you should vote for a woman. Mm -hmm. It really hasn't. And, and, and as a male, you should feel no guilt because you don't want to. <laughs> well, it really became an issue. So there's a great book for anyone like me who's interested in this topic. Rebecca Traister uh, wrote, I think I'm saying that right, on, uh, so it was the 2008 election. Mm -hmm. And there was the battle between, um, you know, of course, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And, you know, Gloria Steinem gets involved in all this kind of thing. And there was just this huge push of... You know, if you don't support Hillary Clinton, you know, you're abandoning, you know, the sisterhood or, or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, so this became a thing on the liberal on the liberal side, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, there there were arguments for both sides, you know, oh, this could be historic. And then, you know, the Barack Obama thing. But it's it's a very good book. And it, it talks um, it actually talks about across the board. So you have Sarah Palin in that election. You have uh, not just Hillary. You have a lot of 
um, uh, things going on and how they're, um, you know, they're, how they're presented in the press, how they present themselves. It even goes into a little bit of Tina Fey, um, you know, with the start of, uh, you know, the, the female rise on Saturday Night Live, that kind of a thing. <laughs> it's, it's a very good book. But, um, again, that whole conversation exists because there's a group of people who, who genuinely think that that's where your vote should go, and it's not true. You have to, you have to earn it. I mean, absolutely. It has to be earned. And and if you and you if you don't vote rationally, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you don't do your due diligence, if you don't find out that person's views, if you don't find out a little bit about that person's background, if you just listen to them pontificate Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. uh, they hit the right buzzwords or whatever, uh, you've not done your job as a voter. Mm hmm. You've just not done your job as a voter, and and uh, and I understand that not everybody's going to do that. But but if you never change the channel on your television, <laughs> and you get all your news from one source, then your view is going to be so little. It's going to be tunnel vision. It's going to be. It's not going to be true. It's not going to be valid. Mm-hmm. So I, I really. Uh, you know, there there are women in politics I don't like at all. There are men in politics that I like a whole lot. And, in fact, in this coming race, you know, all the ones that I think I might vote for are men. Mm-hmm. And and so, uh, you know, no, no, I, I, I think that's a very uh, uh, patronizing view. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and as I've said, you know, there's all this research and things about how women vote, who got the women vote and whatever. There is no women vote. Mm-mm. What the research will tell you is that well, if you we know, should have learned that. Right, this lesson. <laughs> if you know I'm a woman voter, then you know I'm a woman and you know I'm a voter. It would help you very much to know what race I am. That'll give you a little more insight, sure. possibly, into how I vote. But you could make absolutely no judgments about and how income. I vote mm-hmm. just based on being a female and being a voter. And um, again, I think that's just a fallacy that's out there that, that people believe they're going after the women's vote, whatever that looks like. And I think it'll be quite hard for them to get it because as you said you have women who don't vote anything like you the whole idea that you're trying to capture the women's vote what does that even mean that's uh yeah that's yeah and and I, and I think i think that in the south it has to do with living in the bible belt and this, this deep uh reliance on 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 religion and I, that sounds ugly i don't mean it that way but uh <laughs> that preacher in the pulpit shouldn't tell me how to vote mm-hmm. right and and for a lot of women that that are very religious, if it comes from the church, they don't question it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so do a lot of men, right. not just mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. men. And so, uh, you know, it, it, if if the right is going for the women's vote, then they're going to hit on certain things. If the left is going for what mm-hmm. they think are the women's vote, they're 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 shooting in the dark. I mm-hmm. mean, it's not it's yeah, it's far right. more complicated than that. Mm-hmm. It's far more complicated. We're smart. Thank you. <laughs> we're smart. <laughs> we're we're we we can make our own decisions. We we don't we don't have some kind of tunnel vision where all you can see is 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 woman woman woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, no 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 no. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that makes me so angry about some of the Republican policies is that we're smart. We, we have our own moral compass. We're, we, we don't, don't, don't do, don't patronize, don't, uh, 
don't uh, assume that we're we're not capable of of doing anything we want to do it may be a little harder sometimes right and i think it still is sometimes um I think it's easier for my granddaughter than it was for my daughter and for my daughter than for me. And, you know, I know my life has been easier than my mother's was. I mm-hmm. had more choices. But uh, but I think we've, at this point, we've we've come to where right. gender is not the defining well, issue. With all that being said, one area where it is important is just in the terms of the role models. And so, I mean, today's kids are growing up. Uh, with a female governor, which is something that certainly mm-hmm. I never did. And so, again, party stuff aside. Um, well, we did have ha- Lurleen back in right. my day. <laughs> you have to see. Yeah, this is the first one for us. Yeah, so. yeah. you have yeah. to. And I never thought there'd be another one, to be quite honest. Um, but, um, but, I mean, it matters. It matters no matter what party they are. It, it does matter in the sense of the little girls out there who think that, politics can't be for them that I shouldn't be as interested in politics as a Drew Gilbert is mm-hmm. or you know that I can't run for office that kind of a thing so in the sense of it being role models it does matter very much to see women in positions of authority I, I agree that it does and but you know this I think this is one of the things that kind of made me go my own path is it never occurred to me mm-hmm. that women couldn't do what they wanted to do that 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 uh that we were limited mm-hmm. because we were women, that, that there shouldn't be women in politics. And it's a shame that we have to look to a few to be our role models mm-hmm. because at this point there are more of us than there are of the Druze. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we should, we should, be, it, it, we should be equally represented, mm-hmm. and we're not. But it, it just, it, I just don't understand it, never have understood it. Never have understood a lot of the things that divide us. Never understood racism. Mm-hmm. Grew up in inner city Birmingham. Mm-hmm. My mother worked at downtown Pazitz. You know, she saw the, the dogs and the hoses. Mm-hmm. It changed her view on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've never understood why we, we just concentrate on our differences instead of looking at what we could accomplish if we just pull together. Mm-hmm. If we just meet in that middle. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the middle. I'm, I'm a, way over here, you know, but I, but but I I can be persuaded to meet in the middle, mm-hmm. and I think that's where we should be. And I wasn't always over here, just right. for the, you know, I got pushed over. Here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been fun. Oh. I'm assuming this is your first podcast. We're always asking definitely, people. Definitely. definitely. That's so a few of those we've gotten yeah, so now. Say, we're yeah. always asking because it's it's quite interesting. So we appreciate you uh, you letting us sit around and chat with you. For I'm a very bit. flattered to have been asked since I have absolutely no credentials. That's not true. <laughs> hey, neither do we really. So <laughs> it, wor- it worked out. We're going to throw around yeah. credentials. Yours look a lot better yeah. than ours. No, no, no. No, not at all. But I, I appreciate it. That was, it was great fun. Thank you. All right, we're back. That was uh, that was fun. That was a fun interview. We we had some uh, we had a technical difficulty one technical in the middle, one, yeah. which I don't think you guys will experience because uh, we've got a good producer here. Mm-hmm. But it she was lighting a fire, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was time so poorly. She was in the middle of uh, it. But I think she got right back on track. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was she good. did. And uh, and I'll admit I took full advantage while she was in the room to have conversations that um, you know. 
I can't ask Senator Greg Greed, what do you think about women in politics? That's it, yeah. I can, but that answer is not going to be as fun as asking Marsha Atkins yeah. um, about, um, you know, do you think it's sexist if a, if a guy doesn't vote for a particular candidate? Or do you think I should vote for a particular candidate just because she's a woman and we're women? And yeah. That was a lot more fun to have. Um, with, uh, and with you guys probably Atkins. noticed a great deal of silence on my part through a lot of the interview. And honestly, that was out of respect for I don't, feel like I'm the expert on the topics on mm-hmm. the table. I'm going to sit quietly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed, uh, I'm a man, and I think that makes me not an expert on a woman. Mm-hmm. So, And I have yeah. been I have been living in these issues at least since college. Yeah. This is, uh, I had a lot of research at my disposal, which is now 20 years old, but it certainly has been an interest of mine since 20 college. 20 years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would think so. Well, close to it. Yeah, close to it. I don't like we're to getting, think about that, but yeah, it's we're getting old UAB. Um, well, I only graduated in 2008, so technically 12 years. But if you count okay. when I wrote the paper, then yeah, we're looking at probably at least 14, 15 years. So we are, um, yeah, we're, I mean, we're not the fresh-faced millennials anymore. We're, we're like the... We're middle-of-the-road millennials, we're though. We're like the, the mentors to the younger. Because when did that start? 80 or 82, something like something that? Something like that. Um, so, I mean, there's there's guys uh, guys and gals, mm-hmm. five, six, seven years my senior, that are, uh, that are millennials. But we are quickly working my way to where I'm in Miss Atkins' position and have absolutely nothing to hold <laughs> and me you're back. you're screaming at folks. And, and, and I said this, <laughs> like I told Zach, I said, I, I aspire to that, you know, being in that position one day. And Zach was like, one day? Really? Yeah, like this is a point yeah. in the future that you're not going to care. You don't feel like you're there anymore. Uh, I think he was thinking, whoo. Uh, but fine. in all honesty, for those of you that, that don't know Marsha, haven't got to meet Marsha, she's, she's always been a breath of fresh air for mm-hmm. me. I, I love talking to her. I love being around her. And um, I think most of you would too, even if you don't agree with her mm-hmm. politically. Uh, and I'll go ahead and put this out there. I'm, I'm going to link on the Facebook page, which we mentioned in last episode. Um, so she... Um, uh, sat down for an interview with me for a, um, a Walker Magazine story. We did several stories that issue on um, veterans or, or some version of that for mm-hmm. like a Memorial Day thing. And she told the full story about um, about uh, her marriage to mm-hmm. Frank and, and, you know, the last time she saw him and that kind of thing. And um, honestly, not just because she's a guest this week, if I had to tell you, um, my favorite magazine stories that I've done in the last five or six years, um, that one was at the top. I mean, that was, um, it was an honor just to, to hear that story, you mm-hmm. know, for someone to be honest and to share about losing the love of their life and, and finding out that she was pregnant, you know, after he was gone, um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the kind of stuff, it's almost like a, a movie script or something. Well, but. and so often in the news cycle, we're reading about the defense budgets or mm-hmm. border security or, you know, this new battleship we have. And we're not talking about the lives affected by young men being lost in mm-hmm. war. And, man, that's one. And mm-hmm. so it, I, I enjoyed it. And, and that's a story I think we probably should tell a little mm-hmm. bit more on. As you heard in that interview, I mean, it, it has... Um, 
I mean, it's not just a political thing. I mean, it, it has definite consequences years down the line when mm-hmm. you feel like you're seeing this happen in front of you again. I mean, it matters that you lost mm-hmm. someone in a previous war, and, mm-hmm. and we don't give that enough credit. So, again, thank you to Miss Atkins for spending some time with us. I know she thinks that uh, she doesn't understand why <laughs> why she was invited, but uh, I think after listening to that interview, you'll understand why because she's, she's an awesome person, and we enjoyed having mm-hmm. her. Um, so... Keeping with my feminist theme this week, we're oh, going to no. move on to true story, fake news. Berkeley, well, California banned Manwich because it was not gender, <laughs> gender neutral, true story or fake news. You said where? Berkeley? Berkeley, California. It's a pretty liberal spot. Mm-hmm. Um, That's not a coincidence. I would, I would believe something like that could occur but mm-hmm. i'm gonna go with fake news and that it didn't mm-hmm. so I do? you are exactly right it is fake but it is it is fake oh, it by was fringe fake. a little yeah. bit so uh, i think this was last year uh their council did have a reading of an ordinance um that would have replaced some terms in their municipal code so mm-hmm. obviously you could never ban the sale of man which or the use of right. the term or anything right uh, but uh, some terms with gender-neutral language. So, for example, uh, manhole. We all know what those mm-hmm. are, the manholes. So those uh, would have been placed in, or been replaced in the code with maintenance hole. You wouldn't have been able to use manhole anymore. It would have been maintenance hole. Well, frankly, maintenance hole is probably a, a more proper term for mm-hmm. it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know that there I would was, ever fight for naming rights of a yeah, manhole. Yeah, there was definitely an effort to, and again, just in the municipal code, yeah, the there theme. was definitely an effort to take out gender-specific uh, mm-hmm. language on all sorts of well, things. Well, and it is, uh, municipal codes and laws in general are typically mm-hmm. heavy towards the male gender. I think mm-hmm. we've, we've always done that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, manhole wouldn't have been where I was fighting for. <laughs> well, and this was a legit fake news story, so this is not just something right, that this right. was something that circulated, and they tried to get people up in arms about, you know, what a wreck this country was in because this council was uh, it was banning man witch and that kind of thing. So, once again, do your research when you see those kind of things. If oh, it goodness, pisses yes. you off, they probably knew it was going to piss you off, and they. And they put it out there appropriately. All I can picture so. is uh, uh, Chris Farley in a skit where he's like a lunch lady serving mm-hmm. sloppy joes. And mm-hmm. I don't know how you kids like them extra sloppy. Mm-hmm. Um, not, so. not gender-wise, but just renaming things in general norm- normally is kind of an awkward situation. We were it in is. school. You remember with the Freedom Fries? I do Thinking remember of the that. War, you remember the freedom, 11, the freedom Fries? I actually worked, uh, I worked quite a few years in the concession stands up at the Cordova Park. Mm-hmm. That was my high school job, and uh, the park director changed ours to Freedom Fries on the board. How long did that last, anyway? Ah, it was a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was um, just because the French didn't agree with us on our stance mm-hmm. on a war didn't, doesn't mean, you know. It changed not, the fries completely. We're not giving them credit for the fries, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, renaming's usually weird. Uh, we get stuck in, uh, in, in how we've uh, called, referred to things for so many years. So mm-hmm. that's a tough one. Well, all right. So that was, uh, that was our episode. Next week, I think we're in line to have Mr. Guin. We are. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so that was your get for the podcast. That was my get. You know, Ken served as a city attorney in Cordova for years. And uh, and actually, technically speaking, my administration relieved him of his duties. Um, but we still have a pretty good relationship. He's Hold a, on. I'm, I'm going to call yeah. out the political political right. speak yeah. there. Sorry, I'm so Because we're in podcast serving. world, not so you relieved. <laughs> you fired him, sir. 
Well, the council that I serve with did. Uh-huh. I abstained from let's, vote that day. If let's shoot it honest. straight. Let's say um, what it was. We did, and uh, we moved on. We've got a great city attorney now. I, I love Ben. He's he's unrivaled in the state for what he does. But uh, it, there there's something to be said there. Ken and I still have a pretty good relationship. Mm-hmm. He we we meet where we meet, you know, and that's what I wish I wish a lot more of us did. Um, Ken and I are we're of different ages and different ideas on a lot of things, but man, we just focus on what we both like the same things of or agree mm-hmm. or like to talk about and. Uh, and you'll hear that in the in the interview. Uh, we talk about some of the things we like together. So, mm-hmm. that so that's next. Uh, that's next week with Mr. Ken Ewan. We'll see you guys then. See you guys. Left on Red is a Daily Mountain Eagle production. Copyright 2019. Daily Mountain Eagle. All rights reserved.